A lot of TV. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Um, and we will get to some of that TV, but I think we want to start with the with the this week's episode of the challenge. Uh huh. Uh, Colon USA. Um, (laughs) I I I don't even really know where to start, other than that I continue to be befuddled by the decision making on the show. Are you? uh, Am I? Am I out of line there? Are you with me on that? I I do not think you are out of line, although I think, well, I mean, I guess I would ask how exactly you mean befuddled, because I guess what I would say, and maybe we slightly differ in this respect, but we're we're in the same ballpark, um, but I wonder if you you may be a little more dismissive than I am, just as far as the decision making is bizarre and confusing by normal challenge standards, but how much is happening? I mean, how much of the strategy is typical? Cause it seems to me that a lot of the strategy is typical survivor and big brother strategy. And while I I'm sure we could make a convincing argument that that's a stupid way to play a new game. It's also understandable. Right. And so I, 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 I do wonder whether some of these things might be simply different strategies that aren't terrible. But I don't know. It I, is... what, what decisions most befuddled you this week? OK, so yeah, right, I'll get to that. But I, I, I mean, I kind of want to break this down because you, you, there is the you know, obviously we've been talking about the uh let's keep the stronger players around strategy and whether or not that makes sense. I don't think it does still. I'm not convinced. I've I've heard some people give arguments for it, whatever. That's fine. There's also the, well, we're going to look out for the people on our show's strategy, which again, understandable from where they came from, but seems to be abandoned uh, at, oh, it's at, a lot. at the slightest or earliest moments of yes. convenience. That strategy is a lot. No one's doing that. But, <clears throat> you know, in their defense or to their credit or whatever, I think we see f- BS alliances on the challenge all the time. Yeah, that's fine. And look, we see alliances that are made and then destroyed, like out of convenience or or, or gameplay or whatever. Like I, right. that that I get. What I, what I really don't get that which brings me to the this week thing. Yeah, is everybody's out for blood for Tyson, right? <laughs> They're afraid. 
And you get Tyson. And he's paired up with a partner who was clearly sick and dehydrated. Yep. <laughs> and no one wants to take the shot. I don't understand. No. I do not understand. See, I totally understand that. I don't think that's – I mean, that's playing scared, but I think somewhat justifiably playing scared. Like, this game is all, gives all the power to the winner of the Daily Challenge. And Tyson, independent of his partner, has won about half of those. So if he didn't win this week, <laughs> and you did – if you're going to throw him in there, you better be damn sure. I mean, you are coming off a challenge in which he very easily could have all, just got automatically gone into elimination. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. it was this it was entirely this because of his partner. Right. But what is the one thing that he keeps saying? I mean, obviously, I don't understand that the other contestants in the show don't necessarily have access to the ITMs, but I feel like it's fairly well known since the 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 weaker stronger player strategy is based on this. The whole one thing is like the one thing that he's afraid of is being paired up with a weak partner. And here's a partner. Wow. I don't, and look, I don't think Kira is e overall is a weak player, but for this particular week, she is. She said, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So um, he's clearly got that. Like, there is no better. Like, if you're going to try to get this guy out of the game, you're not going to find many better opportunities than the one you had this week. And for those guys to not only not do that, but really. Just go, well, we want to make the fewest ways possible. After, by the way, talking up how big a game they were, I just thought yeah. it was, you know, complete chicken shit gameplay, and both of them deserve to lose. <laughs> that's 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 how I feel. And I like and I like both of those players. Ordinarily in this game, I was just so annoyed. The other well, thing I was annoyed with is uh, Hold on, hold on. Before your second annoyance, let me let me just speak to what you just said. Because I, I I first of all, largely I think you're right. It is chicken shit. Like that's they pl in that moment they played a scared game. And when I say slightly justifiably so, I'm not saying it was the right move. I'm just saying I think it came down to being afraid of an angry Tyson coming back for their necks. And while that is a to use your words, chicken shit way to play the challenge. <laughs> It's not an it's not an entirely invalid concern. Here, uh, all right, look, but take play it out, right? Like, so Tyson comes back and he's out for blood. He wants to get you. Yep. And he wins the challenge. He wins what's the next gonna, daily. Yeah. What's going to happen to you? You're going to get thrown in against yep. the the weakest team, right? Like, you're going to be facing the weakest team. Like, you I, you can't play this game completely well, scared to be in elimination. Like, I understand you don't want to get eliminated and you'd like to avoid it, but, like, you kind of need to go in there at some point, right? Well, the way the game's set up with the money and the needing a certain amount of money to, to get into the finals. So it's like it, it can't be the end of the world to be sent into an elimination, right, against the weak opponent. You don't want to be the weak opponent, obviously, but I don't know. You got to be willing to take your chances a little bit if you want to win this game. That's what I, That's kind of what I mean by it's chicken shit. Sure. That's one way of looking at it. Um, and I, and again, I, I'm sort of just playing devil's advocate here because I mostly agree with you, but I think the other way of looking at it is it's, 
still relatively early to make an enemy of the best player in the game. Maybe. The other thing I would say, and this kind of goes uh, to the thing that the other thing that really bugged me was just the naked hypocrisy of Tyson, who opens the show by saying, "This is a game." And if you're going to take being thrown into elimination personally, maybe you're not playing the right game and maybe you shouldn't be here. And not and then, 30 minutes later. I'm prepared to sacrifice myself for spite. I, yeah, I don't even care about if I get thrown in there, I don't even care about winning anymore. My only objective is to get the people who threw me in out. I also <laughs> made note of that. Um, okay. That was hilarious. But I think fully in line with the character we are understanding Tyson to be. Dude, and... I'm arguing with you here, but there was definitely a part of me that's like, maybe he doesn't really mean this. You know what I mean? Like, maybe he's just trying to to look scary. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, you know, 90% of it is that. But he he is also you know, sort of cultivating a just crazy enough that maybe it's not totally BS <laughs> sort of image, right? I mean, that's... He is not... While he is the clear favorite and has been the clear best challenger thus far in this game, um, he's reasonably unpredictable and pretty out there. Yeah, Look, my advice, you know, like if I was a uh, was a coach in this season or something, mm -hmm. my advice to these contestants, besides don't don't play it scared, yeah, um, would be that you want to make the crazy guy react to you rather than trying to react to what the crazy guy's doing. Yeah, and I feel like I've, I really feel like everyone is kind of allowing Tyson to lead them around in this game. Sometimes in the way that they they would with CT. Yep. Um. But with CT, it's a little more understandable, frankly. Like, I don't think, like, I mean, I'm impressed with what Tyson's done so far, but he ain't CT. You know what I mean? Well, of so, course he's not CT. And, yeah. you know, clearly he's not that to us, but. Maybe to them, yeah. I don't to know. To them, I think he is a CT-like presence. Like, he's the guy that, and I can understand being in that house because he certainly, like, acting the part at all times, he's the dude that is the biggest threat to win any given challenge. I mean, I will remind you that even CT, right, had to, had to spend a couple of seasons just trying to lay low because, uh, right, because people started coming after him and it started really hurting his gameplay. Yeah, that took a while, though. It, yeah, it did. It did. I'm just saying. You and, know, and even one best, man, you can you can you can overwhelm them with numbers. You know what I mean? Yes, but one might argue that it only really came back and bit CT when he got really out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, um, which, by the way, like you know, CT at his peak obviously is a physical specimen, but um. Tyson is is an all time bad body all star. Yeah, I did know there was a moment where they showed him taking off his shirt. Yep, and it was <laughs> like, wow, this guy is like 
both strong and in incredible endurance condition, and he looks like a you know video gamer. Basically, he looked he looked to be like he had just completed a season of Survivor. <laughs> Except, except, you know, it was two weeks after when he had spent the last two weeks eating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he's he has he has one of those bodies that looks both skinny and sort of doughy. Yeah, yeah, it was um, one of those things where it's like I I actually thought I'm like man I think I would have watched that and felt bad that this guy was kicking my ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's obviously he's just one of those dudes because like we've seen him perform and the level of strength and endurance he has is yeah. pretty exceptional. He clearly has endurance athlete body, right? You know what I mean? Like or shape, I would say. You know? Shape, right? yes. Yeah, he just, yeah, he doesn't look like he's in great shape at all. And he certainly is. <laughs> it's one of those dudes. It happens. Yeah. Um, I think that um, we should from now on, Officially have a drinking game uh, while we watch the show. And, oh, like Kiki? Yeah, we we need to drink for every Kiki reference now. Yeah, I mean, because I, I I now think it's a deliberate thing that he's packing them in there. <laughs> there is, I, okay. Look, it's obviously a deliberate thing, right? The question is, what is the um, motive? Is he doing a bit? Is he making sure that Kiki knows he's always thinking about her when he's in this house full of crazy ladies? You know, like what? It's not for me. It's not a question of whether he's deliberately going over the top with referencing Kiki. He clearly is. The question is, why is he? Why does he think he's doing it? I think I think it's a bit that I think he hopes has that effect. You right. know what I mean? Right, that right, like, right. like, yeah, yeah. I'm saying your name on TV. Cause I want, you to know, I'm thinking about you. And, uh, cause you think it'd be cool. To, like I would bet you money that we see Kiki in the reunion. Like that there'll oh be a segment, God. like a, a montage segment of his Kiki plugs. And the, then they'll like bring her out on FaceTime or something. You know what I mean? Oh my God. That would be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's where I see this leading. And by the way, Kiki sounds great. I, I'd love she to does. Kiki too. <laughs> Absolutely. And by the way, like, you know, shout out to him. Like, there's uh, once upon a time, the challenge was a place where you cheated on your significant other. And all Danny does is think about her all the time. Yeah. You know, this seems to be. I don't even know what. I don't even want to know the, what. I'm not even sure what the word is that I'm looking for. But it's um, sexless. Yeah, well, sexless will do just fine. <laughs> it's, it is it's like an extremely sexless house, full of like fairly attractive people. Like I'm, like I'm kind of looking at the at the ligs, that whole lig squad. Honestly, <laughs> um, you're going with ligs, huh? It took yeah. me a minute when that when she was like she was, like, was the, like that's great. <laughs> yeah, the ligs, blah blah blah, and I was like the ligs, Love Island. Oh, Love Island girls. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was actually like I was a little sad when I thought Justine might be on her way to the show. <laughs> hey, I said this to my wife. Justine is a gamer, man. Yep. As it yep. turns out, like 
Justine comes to play. She shows up and competes. Shout out she to does. her. And I will say that was a, a gamer performance from Shannon as well, I thought. You know yes. what I mean? I have to say, overall, top to bottom, the competitiveness of the Love Island crew has been impressive, even though many of them have been eliminated. Um, I think that has strangely been more of a circumstantial thing than a, you know, uh, a referendum on their ability. I would say it's been circumstantial because I would say that the least able of them is probably doing the best in the game right now. So, uh, so yeah. yeah so although I think things. you, we probably have to give credit to Cache for, uh, you know, winning an elimination and also not appearing in more of them given. Fair enough. Uh, I, yeah. I, said, I want a swimming challenge and I can't swim. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know, well, that, but that's what happens. That's why yeah. the challenge is spectacular. It is spectacular, except when Enzo's competing. Okay, I just wow. my notes just say, "Come on, Enzo." Uh, <laughs> I will say, like, forty-four is old, as as you and I both know. Um, so I get it, but also. Yeah, it's tough. All it's he tough. had to do was attempt that rope swing, and they wouldn't have been in a limit. Attempt it. He didn't have to successfully Just... complete it. I don't think, right? Well, so... that would have been interesting if he didn't. If if he like fell the same way Kira did, then who who gets yeah, counted as the last team? Sense. I don't know. But certainly, if he had made it to the platform, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I kind of thought it was. It should have been a tie anyway, right? Like disqualified is disqualified. I feel like personally. Um. um yeah, so how would you have picked? I think you'd probably you'd do some sort of random, you know, coin flip, flip coin. rock, paper, scissors, draw straws, whatever. Um, or, like or or you have a little one, a little, a little extra playoff event. You know what I mean? Something like, I don't that would have been you... fun, but yeah. I think historically it has been sort of whoever made the least progress within the game if there are multiple DQs. Yeah, I don't know. Like, to, again, to me, DQ is DQ. Um. Yeah, but I think historically that's not the case. Yeah, I think you might be right. I'm, I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. Just saying that's how, that's how I would have done it. <laughs> well, when you're uh, a producer one day. Fair enough. And look, I you know look, I'm older than Enzo, and I honestly I just I like I don't see a lot of contestants on these shows where I'm like, yeah, I can do better than that. I'm not that guy. You know what I mean? Um, would you would you do the the challenge workouts? Uh, mm -hmm. Rachel often says, "Like you watch a challenge and you think you can take us, come take us." And I'm like, "No, right. I can't take you." I, right. I, I figured it out. <laughs> I tried to stay with uh, with Mark on the weights yesterday, and uh, and he went down a couple of times, and I still couldn't do it. Um, but I think I could beat Enzo. I, I feel confident in at least that much. So, yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. I don't think he's the only guy on here that you probably felt you could Correct. compete with. Um, there's um, no reason Dominic uh, wouldn't be on that list. And that brings me to Leo. Uh, we sort of talked about this a little bit last week, but if you have a fear of jumping into water from a distance, and I'm not even ripping on him. It seems like he came about that fear pretty honestly. 
but just maybe this isn't your show. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe the amazing race is probably where you got to stay. I don't know. Well, like, you know, he did do it. He did do it. He did do it. I would give him that. <laughs> and like, because people did not do it, he wasn't even in the bottom two, right? I mean, he, we don't know where he was because it didn't matter. Um, clearly he wasn't winning. Uh, he did hesitate, but he did it. I don't, I don't have a problem with Leo's performance there. That sort of stuff happens. <laughs> to me, the challenge is not your show if you're the guy who doesn't try. And that's why I'm with you on Enzo. Like, yeah, that's just really bad, man. Just right. Really bad. And even Kira, who clearly was in really tough shape. Now, we can all have our suspicions whether she had a 24-hour stomach bug or was like deeply, deeply hungover. But you could see she was like not the right color <laughs> you know yeah 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 i don't i don't think people are getting deeply deeply hung over on the show because i feel like we'd Maybe see not. way more of a partying you know what i mean yeah uh, if that, i guess that's yeah. true she may just have been sick but i'm just saying like clearly she was not in good shape but she still went for it and and only dropped out after a brutal fall Yeah, no, I got I I can't take anything away from from Kira. So her. anyway, uh, you know, Leo. Go Ligs. Shout out to the Ligs. <laughs> Go Ligs. Leo is a bit of a goof, undoubtedly. Um, but again, like I, you know, the the funny thing is, we've 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 sort of gone through this. There's only Tyson is the only guy who really stands out as like he could definitely hang on the flagship show. Yeah, but at the same uh, time, maybe, maybe. um Oh man, now I'm forgetting Kylan. his name. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. There's a few other dudes. I mean, look, I, who's to say Cinco couldn't have hung in there? But if we're totally honest, even on the best versions of the flagship show, there's three to seven mediocre competitors. Right. I feel like quality level were somewhere between early seasons of All Stars and uh, the most and recent the season show. of All Stars. No, the uh, early seasons of All Stars. Oh, yeah, maybe that's right. Okay, that's fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is to say, there's a there's a few people who might actually be up to the real challenge, and then a bunch who probably I wouldn't say aren't up to it because again, there's always a few around the edges who you know we could say aren't up to it on the the flagship every season. But they're all in that range of the bottom five at the start of a show, right? Like, yeah. so it's not like, I mean, there's a good chance that whenever the next edition of Flagship Challenge airs, there will be at least one person who we look at as no better of a competitor than Cache, right? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, so, and, and we'll try to out, I guess. Yeah, I mean, so to me, the bigger thing, especially for this crew, in terms of whether you are fit for this, whether you're about this life, so to speak, is do you not try stuff? So for me, like, if you're on the edge, the minute you say no, you're off the edge, you're out. Like, like I mean, we see people not try stuff on the regular challenge, too. It happens. We you know? do, but it's the worst part, and everybody hates it. 
<laughs> so like I am I that is going to be if I am in charge that is my first criteria for elimination. You know. And yeah. look, obviously you can overcome weaknesses in that way by being good television. Um but so far I would say there is <clears throat> I don't think there has been a competitor on the Challenge USA who is so good television wise and so not good com- competitor wise that they can overcome it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm not saying the show's lacking entirely, but because um, uh, it does have its moments. But I, I, I do think the general quality of the ITMs uh, and just in-house times, I think, are are lesser on on this season than the past season. It really does feel a little bit like watching college basketball or, or yeah. the G League or something. Yeah. Yeah, or summer league, maybe not even not even summer league. <laughs> yeah, probably uh, not quite even summer league because like it's just there are like there's just some kids on there who are just kids that happen to go to that school who like fought their way into some minutes, but but there's no reason to care about them. Um, and then there's definitely some some potential NBA players, right? Like you can see it, um, and you can see it more clearly with some than with others. But uh, I think that's, that's, it does feel a little minor leaguey and I don't have a big problem with that. Yeah. I mean, look, it could improve. Uh, They clearly seem committed to this concept uh, on a, on a larger scale. Do you understand Uh, what the, you know, exclusively airing on Paramount plus world challenge championship is exactly like, are is there another, is there the challenge UK going on yes. right now somewhere? Yes. That's what I think is that's exactly what I think that is. I think there are seven or eight other challenges uh starring reality TV stars probably so you, of some sort of CBS vintage uh in various other countries and uh and they're going to pull them together in this tournament. They're going to pull the winners together, I should say, in this tournament. Oh man. I wonder if like I wonder if people like Emmy or, you know, Emmanuel, or uh, who was the Polish guy? Uh, are you thinking of Turbo? No, but that's another Turkish. name. But that, that's, yeah, that's kind of who I was thinking of. No, yeah. I'm thinking of the bald Polish guy from the most recent season with Emmy. Oh, and... yeah. I'm not going to come up with that name. But, yeah, that guy's well, – uh, I know what you mean. <laughs> or the Spanish guy with the long yeah. hair. Like they were that, a, that looked like a model, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were a bunch of international – I think most of them international survivor uh, competitors, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. Survivors in a gajillion countries, right? So, yeah. 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 So that'd be interesting to see if any of them are in the world challenge championships. And I want, and will they take like a team of challengers from the flagship? Yeah. I see. I don't think it's going to be, I think it's going to be like, we're going to have to get used to a whole, another whole crew of new people when that tournament comes. That's, that's my suspicion. I don't think you're going to see people from the, from the, from the big challenge. They seem to they seem to be keeping those people separate. So I don't, you know, maybe for competitive reasons. I don't know. Um, can I put on my tinfoil conspiracy hat for a minute? Definitely. Ask you ask you a couple okay. questions because there there were two things that I feel like maybe I'm see, starting to see the producer's hand. Um, the first uh, was the putting a completely non physical element into that elimination when you had one uh, contestant who was clearly injured. Um, seemed like that might have been a 
bit of producer, uh, you know, and it also seemed very tacked on the spelling bee. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, okay, but honestly, like, I don't know. Maybe it made the difference. Certainly made it. Like, it was very. It was a close elimination that I don't think would have been close. You know, without that five tire advantage, right? So, um, so I'd say that that felt like one place. And then I gotta say, I'm starting to question exactly the randomness of this algorithm. Why? It just, I don't know. It seems to have produced some convenient outcomes at times. You know what I mean? But I mean, uh, was there an outcome this week that made you feel that way? Because if, if the producers were juking the algorithm, I don't know how they could have missed on putting Tyson and Sarah together this week. Well, they put Sarah with uh, with her ally. So he could have, you know, was, there was, would have been an opportunity to take them both out at the same time, had, you know, had Tyson won. So I thought that that was sort of it, a thing. Putting Tyson oh. with the sick girl, I also thought might have been uh, producer intervention. But I don't think they knew she was sick because there's oh, a day no, off. She said when she got the right went right after it happened, she's like, I've been waiting all season to get Tyson. and I finally get it. I'm sick as a dog. Right. So. Um, so, yeah, no, so I, I thought th she said it, the th I thought the thing she said was I've been waiting all season to get Tyson and I finally get him. And it's the week that. Like someone's trying to murder him. Oh, maybe she did say that. I don't know. But I think she said I'm sick too. I'm pretty sure. That I came thought out she didn't get sick until later. But but either way, like to me, the much more obvious producer juke there is to put Tyson and Sarah together. That would have been incredible. Right, but then you can't have the specter of them, one of them trying to get rid of the other. No, but you have the television of them trying to be on the same team. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you're uh, the producers, I don't think you want either of those players out, do you? I don't know. I don't think you do. But keep an keep an eye on that algorithm. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Keep an eye on that algorithm. See if you don't notice anything next next episode. Yeah, but I mean, it's it, it's going to be less remarkable each week because there are fewer and fewer possibilities. Fewer you know, right? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we already we finally got a repeat partner already. So yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Anything else you want to add about uh, the challenge? Before? Um, no, I'm enjoying it. Again, like the yeah, it's a little college basketball-y, but I, I the principal elements of the challenge and the sort of routine of an episode of the challenge is entertaining enough for me that uh, I'm fully here for the minor leagues. Yeah, look, yeah, it's a rock solid format, and and they are minor leaguers, but they're still these are trained TV competition professionals. You know Definitely. what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. So it's not like they're, right. yeah, it's, it's not like you're watching high school basketball or something. You no, know I mean? and I would say actually the television product is is uh, better, relatively speaking, than college basketball um, in terms of entertainment value. Uh, it, but the, it's the competition level that's uh, more akin to that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I, you know, I say this. Keep keep in mind, I I find tele uh, college basketball to be the opposite of compelling television. <laughs> yes, yes, we've 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 been there. I'm not not going to get into that discussion today. Um, I I think actually NIL may wind up helping college basketball. Maybe, uh, yeah. It, it may it may get better at some point, but we'll we'll. 
<laughs> cross that bridge at a much, much later time. <laughs> Indeed. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's jump into some television. Um, I I guess I should start by just apologizing uh, for not totally understanding what I am Groot was. I don't even. Uh, uh, are you even sure it was your idea? I feel like we were both ready to watch I Am Groot, um, and I don't have any regrets. I yeah, mean, it's not I, look. You know, I feel like I wasted everyone's time, but it was only 25 minutes of everyone's time, so I guess it's okay. <laughs> Do you really feel like it was a waste of time? I feel like they were cute shorts starring Groot. I mean, I, I you know, they were much shorter than expected, and, and yeah, the total runtime was probably less than 20 minutes, to be honest, because, you know, two, like 30 to 40% of each uh, six-minute short was uh, credits, yeah. but... I thought they were all like I I laughed aloud on more than one occasion. I enjoyed myself. I thought they were pretty good. Like silly look, short were, things, but good. They were amusing but so insubstantial. You know yes. what I mean? Like so short. Um that it was like, all right. What, what are we it just kind of felt like what am I doing here? You know what, you know what I mean? It was not uh, a full meal of television. It was an appetizer. Yeah, not that not that they were bad. I I had two questions though. But like I would say, like all four or five of them, whatever it was, together would make like a solid, you know, intro cartoon in to like a a Marvel feature in the way that Pixar sometimes has the little shorts. You know? What yeah, I mean? I, that's kind of like even when it was shorts, that's sort of what I was picturing. We we're gonna get the like, you know, fourteen minute cartoon or whatever that each one would be 14 to 20 minutes this was like an anthology (laughs) right right mini shorts almost if you will so how long in and out do you think vin diesel's day was working on these that's a great question do we even know like what he even does like just what that's it what's his group that's his job. So there's no physical element nope. to it. That's it. He's just he's just cutting voice tracks for for Groot. So I bet I bet he was in there an hour, um, just because he's a highly professional individual, and uh, <laughs> I, I bet he gave him a few different takes for each for each short. But I I have to say, even knowing he voices Groot. They do so much to the voice processing wise that I just wonder what you're getting. Like what what are we even getting from Vin Diesel? Like maybe the a little bit of inflection or um I don't know, but it's like it's so different. It's such an over processed sound that that ends up coming out that yeah. it fascinates you, me that Vin Diesel is like computer generated on its own, right? Like it's so you know what I mean? Um, it's yeah. so not sounding like Vin Diesel at the end of it. Right. Um, I mean, other... even Bradley Cooper as Rocket Raccoon is hard to, it's hard to like hear that it's Bradley Cooper, but at least when you really listen for it, you're like, oh, I can tell he's kind of doing a thing. Yeah. Um, and I bet there's some processing done to that as well, but, but Groot's voice is just, yeah, really computery. The the other thing I thought was amazing, we talked about how long the credits are for this. They're literally about as long as the shorts, typically, because they translated it to all of these other countries 
yeah, right? And they have hired a different voice actor for all of these other countries. And the only thing that Groot verbalizes is I am Groot. Yeah, but a, but a, but a lot of different <laughs> tones and inflections. Right. But you don't, it wouldn't seem like you needed somebody in another language to do tones and inflections, right? Like, um, do they, really need, they needed to hire someone to go, yo, soy Groot instead of I am Groot? It's a great point that I had not considered. <laughs> I guess, I mean, I guess they did, right? I mean, I think they want to be as inclusive as Just possible. Just sweet Groot. <laughs> Just sweet Groot. Um, or would you say Je m'appelle Groot? I guess. Well, that would be my name is Groot. Yeah, but I I don't know. But do you say like I am? Well, yeah. I, I don't, don't know. know. Clearly, some clearly someone knows this answer though. <laughs> yeah, someone got paid a hefty sum to answer that. <laughs> uh, that's I would, a good job. Yeah, I, I would think you could get Vin, Vin Diesel to do the foreign things, right? You probably just hand him a list of right. You know what I mean? Um, it be that hard. Um, yeah, and again, who cares if his accent was bad because you're going to distort it. And... Exactly. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, who knows why they do all Very this weird. stuff? My guess is a lot of it is like a, you know, a grift like any other business where people are circle jerking each other to get paid. Yep. Yep. That's why. That's why. <laughs> not to, that's why Netflix stock is where it is. <laughs> not to make this a grim thing, but like, you know, like, now, that's now America. <laughs> Oh, uh, all right. Let's move. Let's move on from from that. Um, I I I have a couple of things here that I really want to get your takes on. Um, let's. You want to start with industry? Um, I really. Uh -huh. You know, I, we came into this. You, you were not such a big fan. Am I uh, summing that up correctly? I would say you weren't very excited about watching any of season two of Industry. Correct. Uh, I watched the premiere episode, and I've also watched the second one since then. I don't know if you bothered with that. I did not. Um, was not part of the homework. And I just really enjoyed being back in the show, in the world, and sort of the punk rock, like, effort kind of style of this show that I thought maybe it would have charmed you. And so now we check back in to see if any of that happened. I mean... I cannot deny that there are things about this show that are charming, although I have to say the thing about the show that I find by far the most charming is uh, Jay Duplass. Um, and that was the other reason why I thought you might come around. On, on, I, and Yeah, Jay no, I mean, one thing I was definitely going to say to you is if the plan was to try to hook me with Jay Duplass, like, you almost got me. Um, but... I do not like being in this world. And mm. I am curious to ask what it is about this world that is appealing to you because I see a bunch of assholes, frankly. Uh, yeah, it is a bunch of assholes. I'm not, like, not going to like it. Um, but I think that, you know, much like Succession, uh, watching flawed people in a highly pressurized environment and make choices of varying quality I think often makes for interesting television uh, and I find the show exceedingly interesting, That's um, interesting. and part um, of the reason why I like spending time in it is is not just what's you know the action on screen uh, but the way it's filmed mm -hmm. uh, I think the music choices in the show are incredible both in the score and in the soundtrack 
Um, and I do. Well, I think they're all flawed. You know, like I wouldn't want to hang out with Rob. Um, I do enjoy watching Rob on television, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily think he's not a great person, but I don't think he's a terrible person either. You know what Which I mean? One's Rob. Rob's the uh, sometimes impotent. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, stockbroker on the on the floor there. Right. You know? No, he seems like one of the least terrible person uh, people. Um, and I, I think that Harper, the Harper character, right, is a singular portrayal of a black woman on television. Like you just don't see parts like that, right? Um, and you know, or or black women sort of portrayed in that position, or allowed to kind of be uh, the sort of difficult anti-hero that uh, would front a, a 2000s prestige drama. So I, th- I also think that that is interesting. So uh, uh, yeah, I they, mean, I'm in, in interesting ways too. You know what I mean in terms of the way the people in the show perceive her. Yeah. Uh huh. That makes sense. So and like you know, like the Ken Jeong character is. I, I'm hoping to say that name right. That. Um, it's not his name. Isn't uh, no, Jong Young. What I, am I? Ha- where, I think I'm thinking of a totally Young? different guy. Oh no! Damn it! <laughs> All right. Well, I will look that up. Get that right. Uh, but you know who I'm talking about. He's I great. Do you know who uh, you're talking about? In terms of great, he's he's great in terms of being entertaining, but not a, not what you would call a great person by any means, right? So, um, yeah. that's sort of what I what I mean. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. These are not necessarily fun people. It's if you Ken are Leung. 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 Yeah. Leung. Leung? However you Leung? say that. Okay. But it's an L. Um, Ken Jong is a comedian. Oh, yeah, you're right. Man. Uh, I'm, I'm getting closer and closer to Bill Simmons every day. This is not good. <laughs> um, Listen, I, um, I don't – I don't think this is a bad show. I don't have a, a problem with this show. I can understand the things that you're saying. Um, and in particular, I think the comparison to Succession hits home a little bit in terms of why you enjoy the world. I just really don't. Um, and I find the problems of this sort of working person um, to be like just desserts more than <laughs> more than I see them as like things to be overcome. I just, I have no, I, I cannot muster sympathy for the wall street world. I don't, is it, do you think the show is really asking you to be sympathetic to, to these characters? Well, but I'm saying even, even enough to be particularly interested or enjoy myself watching it. You mm. know what I mean? I mean I if, if anything, it's sort of expose is a wrong word, but a per, certainly a portrayal of what this, what this world does to people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I guess I'm just sort of like, yeah, that's what it does to people that, uh, totally tracks. And I don't like them and I don't really want to watch them. All right. Fair enough. I don't. And it's, again, it's not like, there's nothing wrong with this show other than it's just not a lifestyle. I'm particularly interested in observing. Yeah, it's and not I guess, your shit. Accept that. Yeah, um, su- Succession is an interesting comparison because I guess I couldn't necessarily tell you why I. 
I find those people equally objectionable, but the show much more compelling. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think one of the things that this shares is like there's sort of a the brutality of the takedowns of the, that the characters sort of give to each other. Um, and in succession, I would say they tend to be a little bit more tinged with that sort of uh, Armando Iannucci, I believe is the way you say that name, uh, uh-huh. that humor. There's right. like a little bit of dark humor, whereas the industry put downs often are just kind of like mean cutting to the core kind I of do think that is like, one like reason finding someone to love you kind uh-huh. of cut you know cut downs that is yeah. one reason i think i like succession better than industry for sure is that uh industry is not funny it's ex- it's extremely grim in in just about every way um and i just find that less enjoyable and and, and i think also there's an element of the lack of choice involved in just happening to be born into the Rory family versus like you decided to, you know, be a soulless, uh, business shark. That's pencil <laughs> business shark. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out what kind of a soul JD Plaza's character has in this, uh, in this show. Yeah. They're uh, definitely like, casting the question of whether he is in fact soulless as kind of central to his character arc. Yeah, for sure. Um, and right. I do love him and he is great. <laughs> he's, he's really, he brings a, there's a, I don't, there's this weird humanity to the stuff that he does, even when he's like clearly deliberately being an asshole. Yes. Um, That's a great way of putting it. He is just, he just feels like one of the most sincere people in almost every role i've ever seen him in yeah yeah i don't and i think i think uh um mark has that as well yeah Um, to a degree yeah i do uh, think jay is probably the better actor uh yeah i'd say that's fair i'd say that i'd say that's fair although you know they're both good (laughs) um all right uh we the other thing that i need uh your take on is uh, for completely different reasons is is the all or nothing uh arsenal documentary okay so we're done we're done with things that i'm lukewarm about uh (laughs) this week because i i'm so close to this you know what i mean like i it's really hard for me to 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 evaluate and i i want to hear from you as a neutral party as much I actually considered watching the second episode of Industry because I didn't hate it at all. Um, but I was so much more interested in watching every episode I could squeeze in of both All or Nothing and The Sandman that I went that direction instead. I think I'm like four or five into All or Nothing and I can't offhand really think of a more compelling season for a team in a sport through like a third of the season or whatever it is right now it is i've just gotten to the end of the transfer window when they send obama yang to barcelona oh wow so you were ahead of me and i stopped deliberately because i would have watched all six of them last you know not last are there only six so far, so far, there are only six so far. Six that are publicly available. Oh, so they're still coming out. 
Yeah, I think there's another drop coming. Okay, uh-huh. good because uh, I'm close to six. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I stopped because I didn't know. I figured you were only going to watch the right. first three, and I was no. like, if I watch six, I won't know where you're at. So I should have told uh-huh. you. Right. That makes. Uh, <laughs> but obviously, you knew what was about to happen because this is your yeah. squad, and I have to ask you, like, I, what I want from this conversation at this moment is to understand the roller coaster of emotions that you experienced from the preseason to the end of the transfer window. Like, <laughs> it's, it's really impossible to explain. What I, were your expectations really, I, before it all started? Did you think it was a pretty good team? Because obviously, you're coming in with a young team. Uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, I was a bit trepidatious because they didn't, they hadn't handled all of the business they needed to handle in terms of bringing people in. They were clearly trying to do a lot, and they wound up spending more money than anybody by the by the end of the window. But a lot of those players weren't here at, in those first three games where they just got you know, kicked in the dick basically. So it starts, the season starts on this massive low, this, this massive low. And this idea of like, well, I don't think Mikel's going to see Christmas. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, the way things are going. So yeah, so it started kind of that way. And then by game three, kind of everybody who was going to be on the boat was on the boat. Uh, and they start winning, and then you feel a little bit better, and then, and then, then you're on the roller coaster that of uh, you know, of results and uh, and potential, and then they start putting it together, and you're feeling like great, and then the Obama Yang stuff starts happening. And you also got to remember like, COVID is a constant factor in this season. Right. Like games are getting moved and postponed, and canceled, and uh, you know, you, you saw the one where Mikel was out for a while, and right. um, you know, like so it's just. There's all this sort of random stuff being thrown in to, to jerk you around even further, basically. So when at the beginning of the January transfer window, where were you at on Arteta and also on uh, Obama Yang? Because I have to imagine you're reasonably attached to him. Yeah, I'm very much attached to him. I, you, you know, it's, it's hard to say exactly how I felt in the moment at this point. The, like the way that I view it now is sort of like you there's a couple in your life, you know, like you have you have a, you have friends who are a couple and you really like them both. Uh, but you also understand that maybe they shouldn't be together. You know what I mean? So yeah. you're kind of like you're sad that they're fighting. You're glad that they broke up and you think that they're probably both going to be happier apart from each other. And that's right. that's sort of how how I look at it. Like. It wasn't the first thing with Obama Yang. There is that kind of uh, scene with uh, Richard Garlic talking to the lawyer, uh, which is the kind of scene like that this show is so great for. Like, yeah, the you know, like we're used to to um, you know, like the NFL or Hard Knocks, yes. and, and like the NFL, yeah, is somewhat insular, but like access to football players and football or sorry, soccer players, if you will, and and those decision makers is so much less. So to see a scene like that where they're talking to a lawyer about the possible ramifications of whatever they want to do with Obama Yang and him saying, well, Mikel's got a file, you know, like, yeah, he was, you know, honestly, I don't think they do that. I don't think the team would let that get onto hard knocks. No, no, you're right. <laughs> so I, right. That, I find that level of access fascinating. 
And they say things that, like, again, NFL teams, NBA teams would never let out the door if they could avoid it, right? Like, you'd hear about it vaguely through Woj or Shams uh, a couple months later. So Yeah, it's the kind of thing you find out about after the players left the team and they drop that notebook story of, you know what I mean? Like, right. the, you know, Brian Curtis calls it the, the now you tell us story, right? But even then, you don't get to hear it, really, right? It's always sources and whatnot. It's never direct quotes. So getting to see the behind the scenes, especially with such a dramatic behind the scenes thing, I, I thought it was fantastic. So uh, just... I guess I can't ask you because I don't know how the season ends. So I don't want to ask too many questions about how you feel about things now. Um, But were you a Mikel Arteta fan coming into the year? Uh, I was. uh, I am. And I remain. Okay. Um, Because um, I have to say, like, everyone says he's brilliant tactically. Now, obviously, it's we don't get to see a ton of tactics on the show. No, he, but, there's a lot of shots of that board, right? <laughs> yeah. Even when, he's, even when he's at home, the board's behind him. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I'm inclined to believe the entire European football community when they say he's a brilliant tactician. Um, he is clearly a pretty unique communicator as a head coach in terms of, like, he really is all about personal relationships here and i don't think that's common in any major professional sport yeah i mean i think that's fair you know obviously we watched uh the tottenham version of all or nothing a couple of years ago yes Uh, and i don't know that you could say Mourinho is quite the same has the same kind of personal touch (laughs) no no they're they're both of them i'd say are very different from american coaches yes uh but they're both pretty different from each other in, in that respect as well. Yeah, um, and Arteta seems to really want, and maybe it's because he is a pretty recent former player, um, he feels he seems to feel that it is important for the team to have like a deep emotional relationship. Passion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not he, he might he you might even say he thinks it's non-negotiable. Non-negotiable, indeed. <laughs> and that was a phrase, by the way, that I was aware of before this documentary. Okay, the, nice. The non-negotiable thing with with him is that he does he, he has talked about that publicly. Yeah. So I, I just, in general, as a as someone who quite enjoys European football but doesn't consume it very much, um, I find this to be absolutely wonderful, compelling. TV Uh, and I think anyone who likes sport and just like the environment around sport would find this entertaining and kind of informative like it's just it is not only a unique look behind the scenes of a really important British football club it is also a television show filled with remarkable drama and delightful characters yep Every one of those shots that they do where you can tell they've affixed uh, just kind of affixed a camera to the locker room wall. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like those shots are great because you're seeing those guys and My they're guy very Ramsdale. reactions, completely unconscious. Yeah. And, and Ramsdale kills in all of them. <laughs> he's great. He's great. He's great. And he, and he's, he's a he's a total goalie. Yep. 
Like, if First, you ever played soccer, you just, goalies are, the, they're the, the weirdos. They're the crazy dudes. Because you have to be crazy to do that job. Um, and he is, he delivers. Yep. And these, the, the players are so uh, shielded from the media, generally, yeah. uh, in that sport, that it's like, you know, I mean, I've, I follow this team pretty religiously. I, I know all these people, and I know their characters in terms of what you see from them on the field. Um, but to get this other side of them, to see Bukayo Saka, like, delivering bottles of champagne to the staff, and then, like... Uh, you know, busting up the center back about what, what he does here. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's the stuff that I'm, you're never going to see ever. You just don't have that opportunity and that this show gives you. So yeah. Is uh, he even 21? Is he allowed to buy all that champagne? <laughs> I'm not sure he was at, at Christmas time. I'm pretty sure he is now. Uh, <laughs> he had uh, like, he had boxes of champagne, man. He was, uh, which is nice. And it, you know, even that as a look at the character of a young man uh, in remarkable circumstances, he's another fascinating character. Uh, is it's cool? Yeah, it really is. I'm 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 loving this show, and it really makes me happy that you're loving it too. Because I, you know, obviously I'm I'm sort of you know it's tailor made for me. So yeah, um, and I mean we're just getting another season uh, started, correct? So I I need to lock in on Premier League. Yeah, you, I mean you've only missed one game, so <laughs> so yeah. now's now's a good time to jump in. Um, uh, you know, because there's, there's not much else happening in sports right now, as well. Um, well I tell you, the White Sox are not making a good argument for watching them instead. <laughs> so, I'm sorry about that, man. You, need, you guys need to fire your man manager. in the managerial spot. All anyway. right, so you you mentioned that um, um, that you had watched a lot of episodes of Sandman. If this is just. Uh, I mean, I imagine you realized. But while you were watching it, that this is something that would be very much up my alley. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had a suspicion. Um, I, too, have also watched a lot of episodes of Sandman. Really? I'm not I'm not entirely sure because I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think this show is great. Um, well, great would be maybe not quite the right word. It or is even excellent. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty popcorny, um, yeah. but I do think it's wildly entertaining. I, I I have found it to be quite watchable, and I was trying to decide that if that was the show or just sort of the brilliance of Netflix of like before you can think about it, there's another one on. You might as well sit down and enjoy it. You know what I mean? Maybe, <laughs> like, but I gotta say, like. I think it's a show with good characters and an interesting enough story and really pretty awesome effects and and scenery and and I'm into it. I'd like I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a groundbreaker, but but I do think it's good. I do think it's good. Yeah, I would say it's good and it's interesting. And I would say those yeah. are probably the nicest adjectives I would give to it if that makes sense, like Yeah, uh, but I don't know I, like I mean, we've talked about this a bit. I, how many other Netflix shows in the last two years would you give those adjectives to? Yeah, not, not many. Yeah. And look, frankly, I find it more interesting than most of the things that are available to me to watch now. You know what I mean? So Correct. I, it's, a, it's a bit of a fallow, fallow time before 
I think the fall storm starts to come, but um, but uh, yeah, but I and, and, I yeah. listen. There's no question that Sandman's release a month before the Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones shows drop is not a coincidence. <laughs> <You're> like, <correct. laughs> they're not trying to release this opposite Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings, uh, but as a nice fantasy teaser, I quite enjoy it. It's a, it feels like a three-star show to me is about what I would say. And I think that uh, I have a feeling it's going to be pretty well watched. If, yes. I haven't looked at Netflix top ten already, but I think a lot of people are going to see it. Yeah, and it may be that that's Netflix's preference, you know, that yeah. that rather than spend a billion dollars and, uh, you know, compete with Lord of the Rings, you spend $500 million and enjoy a nice uh, run and get a lot of people watching you on your service. It, it does look, um, as you said, like they spent a lot of money on, on effects. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's yeah, some... but I mean, whatever they spent, I think we can guarantee that both of those, that both Amazon and what is it, Apple spent more on, or no, I guess HBO and Amazon spent more on uh, Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings. Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like and no one spent more money than Lord of the Rings from from what I've heard. And that makes uh, sense. Yeah, which is fine. But yeah. I would also say those are much surer bets for whoever's making them, right? Uh, yeah, although I think... Just in terms... Sure, not in terms of quality, but in terms of... Yes, in terms of watching. how many people will watch. But I think that's kind of... That's, that's a credit to what Sandman has accomplished, is that I do think it's incredibly watchable. And... and yeah. I like I think what they did is they made a show that's quite good and watchable enough that you know will it compete with those shows? I don't know. They'll be as watched as anything in the world is right now, but uh I I would guess that Sandman will end up being, you know, one of the 10 5 or 10 most watched shows of the year. Can I ask where you stand on the titular character? Um I think it's very interesting to have I don't know what I would call him in the like hero anti-hero dichotomy. He's not really either. It is interesting to have a central character who is in fact very powerful and who drives the action of the show largely uh who is incredibly ambiguous in terms of like whether you like him and or agree with his sort of modus operandi. It's not clear whether he's good or bad or neither or both. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's part of what makes the show interesting. <laughs> I mean, I I agree with everything that you just said. Um, I, I, I find him and the, the dime store Robert Pattinson portrayal of him as, as deeply annoying. <laughs> Yeah, but but I do think that all the things that you said about uh, like is this guy a good guy or not, I think are all very interesting, and the way that the characters kind of seem to be pretty well split on it. You know what I mean? Did like you, it's possible that that the you know eyeball pulling nightmare guy might be right about this? You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, although clearly he's not a, a good guy, um, but have you gotten to the episode? I'm guessing you have. Uh, that's sort of a bottle episode with the guy that uh, they they get that that gets granted eternal life. 
Yeah, I haven't. Hold on. What episode was that? Might be five. I think that's right where I'm about to start. So you saw the episode with death? Yes. And he's like walking around with death. Okay. So there, there are some great characters, by the way. Like great Constantine I think was a great character. Patton Oswald killing it. Yep. Uh, and just... all of this is directly from the comic book. I heard Neil Ga- uh, Gaiman talk about it with Mark Marin. And all the stories are straight from the book, except they did largely gender and colorblind casting. Like wherever po- the way he described it was with every single character, they started off by saying okay, this is a whatever, you know, white guy in his 20s. Is there any reason he has to be a guy or white or in his 20s? Um, and if not, then they just went out and cast whoever captured the essence of the character the best, um, which is cool and results in a really diverse and interesting cast. Um, I forget why I started saying that. But uh, Vivian Achimpong, I believe, is the name who who – plays um lucian uh i'm forgetting her name now uh gwendolyn gwendolyn from game of thrones uh yeah that plays the that plays that uh, plays the devil yeah. lucifer anyway um is excellent uh one of my favorites of the like 15 British actors that are in everything is uh God, I'm blanking on every single person's name now, but she has is it Kirby Howell Baptiste, I wanna say? I don't know. Are you talking about the psychologist from Ted Lasso? Uh I'm sa- no, I'm saying the one who plays Death. Oh, the one who plays Death. Gotcha. I thought yeah. the psychologist yeah. Ted Lasso was great as well. She is also great. Uh it is Kirby Howell Baptiste. Uh, she was in the good place. Oh, okay. Remember? Remember? I do. I do remember. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I just think it's really a quite a good show, and it is. I don't think it's. We left that duelist, by the way. <laughs> like, well, of course. I mean, duelist is always great, right? Like I, I, everyone, everyone in this is is really good. It's a it's a good show. And I think, I don't know, I understand why you make a point of saying it's not great, but I also think it's almost beside the point. Because I'm not sure great was the goal so much as good and fun and, and, and like, watchable was. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's fair. Look, I, I think it's fair to say as much as this is your shit, it's kind of not my shit. So the fact that yeah. I'm here, probably yeah, a good sign. exactly. Yeah, I'm surprised you enjoyed it as much as you did at, at first much. blush, <laughs> but, but thinking about it, it makes sense. Cause it's really pretty darn good. Yeah. Yeah. Like episode one, I was pretty much like, uh, fuck this show. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> episode one, I will say, uh, episode one could have been like a prologue and just started with episode two. I feel like we said that about something else recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did. Um, um, shit. I don't remember what it was. Was it the well, resort? I think that's I telling. Yeah, it might have been the resort. Yeah, um, but I'm with you there. But I'm I'm on the show and uh, and I will finish it. I think so. Um, All right. So for for me, when you when you're when it says genre and the Wikipedia page it says fantasy, drama, supernatural, horror, and superhero, and I'm in. 
I think that's that says something in and of itself, right? So. Amen. Uh, and it's really not very horror-y at all. No, yeah, there's not much horror. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, bad things happen to people. Sure. And there's hell. You definitely yeah, hell, hell exists, and they visit. Yeah, they visit. <laughs> um, all right. I think that wraps us up for this week. Indeed. Um, I, I think we did pretty good kind of for, like, a lot of janky homework. You know what I mean? Um. <laughs> We'll try to do better assigning homework this coming week. <laughs> I don't know if we did, honestly, because like I said, we are sort of in that period right before everything is going to like get nuts. Yep. Um, but uh, here's what we have for you this week. There's the T uh, adaptation of A League of Their Own. Uh-huh. Uh, um, on which Amazon. Stars, oh, it's on Amazon, and it stars uh, – um, uh, now, I'm, now I'm forgetting. <laughs> it's it's uh, – um, Oh, God. All right. See, here I am. I'm Simmons again. I don't think uh, the – oh, well, Abby Jacobson and Darcy Carden are in it. But I think yes, the lead is someone we don't necessarily know. Oh, so it's one of those where they just got listed first because they're the most famous? I think so. Although maybe not. Maybe – I don't know. I don't know. Like when you look at the cover image on on the website, I think it's the – I think her name is um, Shante Adams. This um, is one of those things, right? Like there are no black players in the original, unless I'm wrong. Um, well, are there? I think that that seems that would be period accurate. I would assume. You know what I mean, right? Didn't that just took place in like the forties? Yeah, perhaps. But um, this, I think. This TV remake is reflective more of the times we're in now than of the times they were in then. Yeah. Although I gotta say, the way they're dressed still seems like it's the '40s. So it is in the '40s. I'm just saying, like the casting. Apparently, it's a little more queer than the original, and uh, it is obviously there's a black player trying to get into the league. I'm not sure they're letting her into the league, uh, but. So, again, it's definitely a 40s story. I'm just saying the casting of a black player and, you know, telling queer storylines is reflective of now versus 1992. Like, I had a little bit of a knee-jerk, like, really? Remaking A League of Their Own? Who needs it? Just go watch the movie. But it's 30 years ago, man. That's a long time. Yeah, maybe that's that was certainly my reaction. Like, do we need this? Uh, you know, I and know. look, maybe it'll turn out that we don't. But thirty years, I I don't feel like thirty. I feel like thirty years is a decent statute of limitations on a great film in terms of like reimagining it. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. see how much it's, it's a reimagining me, uh, and how right. much it's just stealing. Because there's also right that you right there's that thing of like, well, we're taking this thing and making it a TV show. And it could be something that's completely different, really. You know what I mean? In the yeah. in the way that like the Fargo right. TV show, right? That which also seems super unnecessary at the time, and probably less than thirty years off, right? It was it's just something totally different from. Um, yeah, from- I do wonder. I don't think this will be totally different. It's obviously telling a similar story um, in a way that Fargo probably was not, but uh, it could be a very much a departure from the original. We'll see. It'll be interesting. By the way, they are making a fifth season of Fargo. I just read some news about it the other day. So. Oh, nice. We do like Fargo um, around here. And it takes place in 2019, this one. I think it'll be oh. interesting. Yeah. Um, 
And then we got two movies uh, that have actually been out for a minute, but we kind of wanted to run back and pick up because they seemed interesting. Uh, the first is the Woody Harrelson, Kevin Hart Netflix vehicle, Man from Toronto. Yeah, not particularly well-reviewed, but I have a feeling it's going to be highly enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, look, there's there's a, there's a floor, right, when you've got Woody Harrelson and, and Kevin Hart in your movie. I think I so. I think there is a floor, you know? And I don't know that the new Jumanji movies were particularly well-reviewed, but I had a hell of a good time. I think I th- we uh, reviewed one of those quite nicely, I think, on this show, right? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, more broadly speaking. by Yeah, no, I agree with you. Movie I was reviews. just saying we both had a good time. That's yeah, all. exactly. Uh, and then uh, the other one is Blackbird, which is uh, a Dennis Lehane, who's a you know crime writer. Uh, he made the story about uh, a guy who goes to jail and is given the choice of uh, try to convince this serial killer to confess um, by going to a much rougher jail uh, or stay here and serve out your sentence. Um, and that's the dilemma he faces. Um, you probably have an idea which one he picks. <laughs> I have a guess. This is much more interesting dramatically than the other. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's so- going to be a very short film. Uh, if <laughs> anyway, I, I so just he wrote this as a as a movie, correct? This is not a book of his. I believe that's correct. I think this whole thing is conceived uh, originally as a because. Uh, for the record, for if you if people don't realize, I'm his, sorry, it's not a movie. It is a limited series. Oh, okay, but it's he wrote it as TV, not as a book. Uh, correct. I yes, think so. A, a limited series developed. Yes. Yeah, because it's based on a book. Oh, uh, that is a autobiographical novel. So apparently, a a nonfiction book. Dennis Lehane's nonfiction book. No, Dennis Lane did not write the, the book is written by James Keane and Hilla Levin. Interesting. This is confusing because, for the record, <laughs> Dennis Lehane is the author of the books Gone Baby Gone, Mystic River, and Shutter Island, among others. Um, so he has frequently had his books turned into films, but in this case he turned someone else's book into a limited series. He's someone else's book into a TV show. Yes, He's correct. from Dorchester, you as you might have guessed, based on Mystic River and Gone Baby Gone. <laughs> Which are tremendous movies, by the way. You Great know what movies. I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm so I'm excited by that. It's a very good cast. Uh, in, Clearly, a guy with this. a gift for the sort of uh, hard-boiled, mysterious storytelling. And maybe the final appearance on screen by Ray Liotta. Yeah, one of certainly. R.I.P. So. All right. So uh, so there you go. So we're gonna watch uh, we're gonna watch a couple of those, and, uh, and of course more of the challenge. Uh, and I'm going to mainline the rest of All or Nothing. Yeah, me too, and Sandman. So it's going to be a busy week for me. Uh, all right, let's get out of here. Fine, bye. This game's in the Admiral refrigerator. The door's closed, the light's out. Butter's getting hard, the eggs are cooling, and the jello is jiggling. So long, everybody. And do me a favor, have yourself a tremendous evening.